Hello, podcast listeners. It's Ophira. Guess what? We are going on the road. Ask Me Another is coming to you. We're going to be at C2E2, the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo, on March 18th and at the Bob Carr Theater in Orlando, Florida, on March 30th. So for more information, just go to nprpresents.org. From NPR and WNYC, live from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. Our VIP is the author of the acclaimed comic series Optic Nerve, and his work has appeared in The New Yorker, McSweeney's, and Best American Comics. His latest book, Killing and Dying, is a darkly funny exploration of mortality, parenthood, and stand-up comedy. Adrian Tomina. Let's say hello to our first two contestants, Adam Hukins and Tony Davidson. Hello, Adam. Hi, Ophira. (laughs) (laughs) I need to point out uh, to those who have never met you before, who cannot see your name as I can on your name tag, that Adam is spelled with not one, not two, but three A's. That is correct. Is is it the Dutch spelling or something? (laughs) All right. Well, when my my parents were pregnant with me, they gave my brother, who was eight or nine at the time, a pen and paper and said, write down a list of names you want your little brother to be called. He wrote down Adam, and he spelled it wrong. My parents thought, why don't we just keep it? It looks interesting. (laughs) So that's why my name is spelled A-D-A-A-M, because my brother was not an intelligent child. (laughs) (laughs) Tony, did your parents uh, reward your achievements with letting you do things like name things, or...? My big reward was if I <clears throat> came home with an A or a really good grade, I got a penny. Whoa! <laughs> and uh, if I got three A's, I got three pennies. But I have to say that, you know, I learned some good lessons from that. And so they're some of the most valuable money I ever earned. Aww. Now, did you find the penny valuable at the time? Or were you sort of like, I deserve more than this? Let's say my attitude changed over time. Right. <laughs> Well, this game is called I Took a Geography Class and All I Got Was This Lousy T-Shirt. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to read captions from actual T-shirts that we found on sale on the internet. All you have to do is guess what U.S. state is depicted on each shirt. Okay. Okay. So let's go to our house musician, Jonathan Colton, who owns many of these T-shirts. Right. I also have a huge collection of uh, state T-shirts. State T-shirts to go with the gun belts. So, for instance, we found a T-shirt online that said... My governor can eat your governor, which, of course, was a reference to Governor Chris Christie of the great state of New Jersey. (laughs) Oh, boy. Low blow. It's a little bit of a low blow, I admit. I didn't make the shirt, however. I'm just reporting on the existence (laughs) of the shirt. Other New Jersey shirts we found include New Jersey, America's armpit. No surprise there. And New Jersey smells like an old jersey. Oh, (laughs) Sort of a new take on an old like classic. That. I kind of yeah. like that. I don't mean to bash New Jersey. We're actually going to bash a lot of different states yeah. in the game. Just buzz in when you know the state we're talking about, and the winner will move on to the final round at the end of the show. Here's your first one. Potatoes and white people. Tony. Idaho. Yeah, exactly. What was the tip-off for you? 
Potatoes. Potatoes, yeah. <laughs> you scream, I scream. We all scream for maple syrup. Adam. Vermont. Exactly. I guess they don't rhyme in Vermont. No don't po- have to. No poetry. Monogamy, monogamy. Adam. Utah. Yeah, that's right. Nice job. See, because I felt like that could go either way. Your brain would go, maybe Vegas, um, so I'll go with Nevada, or maybe New Orleans, we'll go with Louisiana, or Holland. No, we're talking about religion here. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Where Dracula would live if he did a lot of crossword puzzles. I know. No one ever talks about the nerdy undead, do they? Admittedly, it's not a great shirt. (laughs) Adam? I'm just taking a guess. Louisiana. No, that is incorrect. Tony, can you steal? I'm going to go with New York. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) One in 49 chance. Also uh, not correct, but... Uh, I can give a hint. Let's go to our puzzle guru. Art Chung? Um, The hint is if he did a lot of crossword puzzles, he'd probably use a what? Adam. Oh, sorry, Tony. Pennsylvania. That's right. That is what we're looking for. I know. Yeah. Dracula doing crossword puzzles. Pennsylvania. He does the cryptic crosswords. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely to secede. <laughs> Tony. South Carolina. A good guess, but not what we're looking for. Adam. Texas. Yes. If Kansas was a pirate, Tony. Arkansas. Yes! <laughs> Which, nice I gotta hand it to Arkansas. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's some good stuff, That's Arkansas. Good That's a good one. Looks and smells like a sweaty foam finger. Tony. Florida. <laughs> oh. I, I like that, but no. Oh, I know no. what the answer is. You know what the answer is? Adam feels like he knows I what the answer is, too. I don't think I know it anymore. No? Tony? <laughs> Oklahoma. That's the other panhandle. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, what we're looking one. for. We yeah. can't give you the point, yeah. but that's correct. Yes. This is your last clue. Who's your daddy? Ooh. Who's your daddy? Who's her daddy? Maybe more like, who's your daddy? Tony? Indiana. Indiana is correct. Puzzle Guru Art Chung, how did our fine contestants do? It was a close game, but Tony, you get the I'm a winner t-shirt. Congratulations. Our next game is called Pop Culture Court, and our contestants are Justin Collins and Amanda Bacall. Justin, I've learned that that you throw a Russian night every winter. Well, I don't throw Russian night, but I participate in it. Oh, it's not your grand plan? No, I mean, you know, we have the Russian who throws Russian night. Oh, that's, you've got a Russian involved. Yeah, you you have to. You have to. That's part of Russian night, I suppose. And what is Russian night? A Russian friend organizes a trip for about 30 to 50 of us to a Russian nightclub in Brighton Beach and... 
uh, orders all the food. We bring a lot of booze and hijinks ensue, basically. Got it. Amanda's a lawyer, by the way. I bet she didn't like that one bit, what we were just talking about. That doesn't seem like there's rules or fair things involved in that. That sounds like chaos. I think all bets are off when booze is involved. It's true. Now, as a lawyer, you write law-themed parody musicals. Yes, yes. That is an amazing offshoot that of was, something you can do. That was my biggest accomplishment in law school, was producing the law school musical. <laughs> and what is the title of a law school, school musical? My favorite one was we did a, a spoof on teen movies, and we called it NYU 10012 because it was 90210. That's pretty good. Thing. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, are you writing them still? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, what do you have yeah, on the burner? Um, what a New York City um, Bar Association organization is doing a, sp- a spoof of the chief judge who's retiring, so I have to write a musical spoofing her entire life. How's that going? <laughs> I haven't started yet. Okay, I just yeah. got back from vacation, so that's next. <laughs> All right. Very good. Uh, well, you're in luck, because in this game, we are going to describe fictional Supreme Court cases that are actually the titles of movies, TV shows, and other things with the word verses in them. Uh, Let's go to puzzle guru Art Chung for an example. After a frightening trial, Justice Sotomayor decided that the metal-clawed nightmare man did not breach his contract with the mask-wearing chainsaw killer. That would be the case of Freddy versus Jason. Just remember that all the answers will have the word versus in them, and the winner will move on to our final round. Here we go. In this landmark case, a Canadian musician and video game nerd played by Michael Cera won the right to date the girl of his dreams, despite the objections of her seven evil exes. Justin. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. That's right. The legal team of Hanks and Ryan first came together to fight this case against a mountain that spews lava. Joe versus the volcano. That is correct. Setting a dangerous precedent, the Supreme Court ruled that flowers are permitted to stand their ground and use lethal force to defend their turf against the undead in this game. Justin. Flowers versus the undead. (laughs) So close, it's unbelievable. a really great guess. You used context clues to figure out what the answer might be. Some excellent detective work, but it is incorrect. Amanda, do you know the answer? Roses versus zombies. Also very close. Also very close. And uh, clearly neither one of you knows what the answer actually is. What is the answer, everybody? Plants versus zombies is the name of the game. I know. You don't know because you try to have lives, okay? Don't lord it over the rest of us. Even before the Washington Post followed Watergate, Mad Magazine was tracking the ongoing exploits of two secret agents, one clad in black and the other in white. Justin. Spy versus spy. Yes, indeed. Facehuggers and chestbursters sued creatures with heat vision and cloaking devices for the right to kill humans. Justin. Alien versus predator. That's right. Yeah. The Supreme Court didn't need to hear this case because it was just a film dramatization of an actual Supreme Court case, Hustler Magazine versus Falwell. Amanda. The People versus Larry Flint. Exactly. They only read the articles. (laughs) (laughs) This is your last clue. 
In this Supreme Court case, Justice Breyer opined that Bear Grylls should just come by his place for a nice warm meal and stop hunting animals with sticks. Justin. Man versus Wild. You got it. Art Chung, how did our contestants do? In the case of Justin versus Amanda, Justin <laughs> was our winner. Congratulations, you're moving on. If you think that you can prove beyond a shadow of doubt that you're a puzzle whiz, then you should be a contestant on our show. Sign up at amatickets.org. We will send you a quiz and see if our verdict is guilty of nerdy trivia expertise. Coming up, we'll release the Kraken. And instead of listening to some classic albums, we'll make you guess them by describing their cover art. Now that's radio. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and you're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following messages come from IMG, presenting Academy Award-winning director Michael Moore's newest film, Where to Invade Next, a provocative and subversive comedy about finding solutions to America's problems in unlikely places. Where to Invade Next is coming to theaters just in time for election season. See it at a theater near you. Visit wheretoinvadenext.com for more details. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Ask Me Another. Now, if you need car advice, tips, troubleshooting, and answers to all of your car questions, you should check out the Car Talk podcast with Click and Clack, the Tappet Brothers. Laugh along anytime to the Car Talk podcast. Find Car Talk now at npr.org slash podcasts and on the NPR One app. This is Ask Me Another from NPR and WNYC. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and with me is our house musician, Jonathan Colton, and our puzzle guru, Art Chung. And our next game is called Release the Catchphrase. And here to play it are Jennifer Berman and Mallory Ferris. (laughs) Jennifer, Mallory, if you could be any Greek god, which one would you choose and why? Jennifer? I would probably pick Apollo because uh, music is one of his specialties and uh, I am a musician. And actually, I play the flute and I have a duo with a harpist and our name is the Apolline Duo. What? That was a tailor-made contestant question. You're welcome, yeah. That's fantastic. (laughs) Mallory, how about you? I would be Poseidon because I just think it would be fun to swim around all day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you like swimming? It's okay. It's okay. Okay, <laughs> okay. Not really. But let's let's be let's be, if you pick Poseidon, you got to swim around all the time. Is that going to be okay? Right, but it's imaginary, so oh, I I you can, can swim learn around to like it. Oh, in like your you can breathe underwater and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Get all these extra powers and. Yeah, you're looking for the powers. Yeah. Uh, well, you're gonna like this game because the 2010 remake of Clash of the Titans, which you probably both enjoyed heavily. No, it was not that memorable. But we all remember Liam Neeson saying this very particular line, giving this unusual order. I, I don't really remember it. Jonathan, do you remember the... Uh, yeah, I think he said, said, Release the Kraken! He was very mad. Yeah. At the time. So we will ask you questions with clues to a two-syllable word or phrase that starts with that cr sound. 
and you must answer as angry Zeus himself. <laughs> Puzzle Guru Archung, give us an example, please. So if I said, should I free this combination croissant donut that was all the rage in 2013, you would say, release the cronut. <laughs> please. All right, so the winner is going to move on to the final round at the end of the show. Here we go. Should I free the grasshopper-like insect that makes a chirping sound? Release the cricket. That's correct. <laughs> Jennifer had some power behind that. Did you hear that? She did. She was mad. She, was she mad. had some Zeusian in her. I'll show them. I'll let this cricket go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not my they house. Will be sorry. Do you want me to let go of the slow cooker used to prepare stews? Release the crock pot. Yeah. That's right. Get that thing out of my house. I like fast meals. <laughs> Can I give up the classified ads website that helps people find their missed connections? Jennifer. Release the Craigslist. You got it. You sounded a little more world-weary than angry, but yeah, yeah I hear you. Did Craig ever date Angie? Is there a possibility that we can hook that up? Oh, list, list buddies. I know, list buddies. Yeah. You have a list? I have a list, too. I know, me too. I also have a list. Do you have weird people on your list? No. <laughs> oh, I do. All right. Would you like me to free the little crunchy bread cubes that top your salad? <laughs> Mallory. Oh, it was me this time. Um, <laughs> release the croutons. That's right, yeah. yeah. Do you want me to surrender the small area in a basement or attic that is too small to stand up in? Mallory? Release the crawl space. Yes, please, release the crawl space. There is nothing good in a crawl space, right? Uh, it has some negative connotations, yes. Like rats, possums, human remains. Yeah, what dead else bodies is in there? Dead bodies, yeah. right? Yeah, it's not really... Secrets. Yeah, I don't like crawl spaces. I stay out of them when I can. Should I let go of the noble gas that's also the name of Superman's home planet? Jennifer. Release the Krypton. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, these are all normal sentences that I would just normally say yeah. in the day-to-day -day course of my life. Just walking around? Just hey, walking should around. I... Uh, I have a question for you. Yeah, should I release the noble gas? <laughs> also the name of Superman's home planet, which I'm glad was destroyed, by the way. I'm glad Krypton was destroyed. Why? Entire planet of Superman sounds super annoying. <laughs> like, just think of only Supermans. Yeah, it would he be. He wasn't, like, super smart. And he was very earnest. Yeah, super earnest man. Super earnest man, just a the whole planet, planet of that. Oh, it does sound like Canada. But they weren't super on Krypton. <laughs> What's that? They weren't super on Krypton. They, they were just the normal? Yellow... Never it's mind. the yellow sun it's that the yellow sun thing. I didn't, want, I didn't want to mess up her joke with, know, the, with yeah. the facts of the... Of the Krypton. Oh, the facts? Oh, facts. Yeah. Sorry. It's Thanks. science, Ophira. It's a yellow sun. It's why he can fly. Because the sun wasn't yellow in his planet, so of course he can fly. If he was super, he'd stop the thing from exploding. Yeah. He would just be like, no. See, I'm not saying I don't play Plants vs. Zombies, but I'm somewhere in between this and that. <laughs> oh, look, contestants. Hi, guys. <laughs> Sorry. Do you want me to let go of Tubbs' partner on Miami Vice? <laughs> Jennifer. Release the Crockett. Yeah. Release the Crockett. <laughs> Back onto your speedboat. All right, this is your last clue. You'll be relieved to hear. 
Should I allow to escape the seafood ingredient in a California roll? <laughs> Jennifer. Release the crab? Yeah, sure, yeah. release the crab. Yeah. yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. Archung, how did our contestants do? Congratulations, Jennifer. You're moving on to our final round. Our VIP is the author of the acclaimed comic series Optic Nerve, and his work has appeared in The New Yorker, McSweeney's, and Best American Comics. His latest book, Killing and Dying, is a darkly funny exploration of mortality, parenthood, and stand-up comedy. Please welcome Adrian Tomina. Now, many of us know your work because we have this stack of magazines on our bedside table, which intimidates us at times, called The New Yorker. And so many of those covers are illustrated by you. Is there a cover uh, that you've done that when it went out, you thought, this is the one I really want my name on? Like, I'm so, you know, this nails my aesthetic and my talent. Hmm. You know, the the first one I did was just, the most monumental for me just because it was the, the first one yeah. and, and it was um, I think at the time I was dating uh, I wasn't married to my wife yet and it was a good way to impress her parents you know because <laughs> prior to that I was just a guy who did adult or alternative comic books and then suddenly to be like a New Yorker cover artist was was a, a different thing for they them. were like oh yeah. this is paying off yeah, yeah. did they understand what you did with the New Yorker, they did. They did, yeah. but before that, <laughs> I don't know. No, we don't. We don't discuss it that much. No. Right. That's the kind of thing where they're just like, "Oh yeah, you yeah. work in comics," and then yeah. it just gets quiet. Yeah, which is fine for me. That's fine. And what was the uh, first cover? What was? The uh, it was called uh, Misconnection, and it was. Um, it's the image that is most bootlegged by street vendors around Times Square, of um, like a woman reading a book on a subway and seeing a guy on a passing car reading the same book. And they can't. Get to each other. I can't. That is so New York. Yes. You are both <laughs> close to everyone and completely alienated right. at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and when you see that at the uh, vendors in Times Square, do you ever go up to them and go, hey, that's uh, my stuff there? <laughs> no. no. No? No, no. You just let Elmo give you a hug and you move yeah. on? Yeah. That's right. Very good. <laughs> that's, that's my weekend routine, actually. Yeah. So your new collection, Killing and Dying, deals with questions one faces as a parent. Yes. And why not just go autobiographical? Uh, Because I wanted to have a story where a teenage kid was a bad stand-up comedian, and I don't don't have a teenage kid yet. (laughs) Oh, fingers crossed that that happens to one of your children, by the way. Yeah. Uh, If one of your children became a stand-up comic or a comics writer, would you be okay with that? I think that's... A lot of what the story is about is about being a supportive parent, even if you're not always a fan of what that endeavor is, or if you're not sure, if you're, maybe you're not even a, in a position to really judge how good your kid is at that endeavor. I mean, and it's also thinking about how weird it was for my parents to have a kid in their house doing these kind of personal comic books. You know, like I started publishing. Um, my comic while I was still living with my parents. Right, because you were 16 years old, right. So there you are, and And, you're selling these stories. Right, and they didn't see it. They just knew that I was in my room working on something, and then I would go get them printed up and put them in comic book stores, (laughs) and then maybe they would hear about it or something. But uh, yeah, so I I just was sort of thinking what a strange experience that must have been for them. And, And, you know, they weren't 
comic book fans themselves. So you know, they were probably like, uh, see. Is he embarrassing himself, or I'm not sure. Maybe. Did they ever read one? Did they ask yeah, to read they one? Read it, yeah, read it. Yeah, and what they say? Good job. Oh, <laughs> see. But one thing I love is that you have a PO box where you invite people to send you hate fan mail. mail and hate mail, <laughs> and you then print them right. uh, in the on the back page of of your optic nerve issues. Yes. Uh, why do that? Um, at this point. Uh, very good friends, other cartoonists have told me that that's their favorite part of the comic book at this point. And so <laughs> Just reading the fan Yeah, so I, I never want to let them down now. Um, and, you know, the, the thing is, I, I started out doing that, you know, years ago, and then uh, when email and the internet came along, I never published an email address, and I just stuck with this P.O. box address. And with each year, it sort of narrowed down the the playing field of like who's going to actually write to me because it's like you know there's prisoners <laughs> um, and then there's maybe I'd say five or ten very devoted uh, letter writers who are still sending things to that P.O. box. Because you're asking them for a large effort. I am. Well it's, it's, it's almost like a, an assignment for publication because if they write a really good one it's gonna end up in the comic. Uh, there's one that I really enjoyed from the back that I would just like to throw out. It's, it's just a short one, but I just love that someone took the time to write this. Uh, I just read Optic Nerve number 13, and I'm struck by one thing. That is the protracted gloominess of it all. Before you sit down to write your next story, why not dust off the best of Wham? <laughs> if you work near a computer, you can go to YouTube and play one of their music videos. Just a glimpse of George Michael's dimples would do anyone a world of good. Yeah. They... I didn't print it, but they actually included a link to the, <laughs> the Wham! playlist on YouTube. But, I, you know, I enjoyed getting any kind of mail. Like, for me, like, the, the more interesting a letter is, I just get more excited, and I know that this is going to be great for my friends who are looking forward to reading that in my comic. Do you ever respond to them? Uh, sometimes I do. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I feel like if people are going to go to the effort to get a stamp and you know, put it on an envelope, you know, it's a big effort these days, so yeah. I, I often write back. By hand? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, sometimes it's opening up a can of worms that I shouldn't have. Right, because yeah. then you get another letter, don't you? Oh yeah, it's, we're, we're pen pals now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly, mm -hmm. you've opened up. Yep. All right, Adrian, I have to ask you, would you be up for uh, Ask Me Another Challenge? Sure. All right, thank you very much for agreeing to that. Big hand for Adrian Tomina. So this doesn't happen too often, uh, but Adrian has actually hand-selected his opponent. He's brought a friend, so let's welcome from the band Yolotango, James McNew. James, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. <laughs> How long have you been friends? My goodness. That must have been 1992 or 93, yeah, something yeah. like that. Okay, that's real. But that I knew your, real. I knew, I knew like your your Tower Pulse, yeah, work and the the, the digest sized optic nerves and yeah. and oh yeah, we go, we go back. <laughs> and, Small days. And so he was a fan of yours, and when you started, you knew his work, and did you know him before he was like, hey, I'm this person? Were you like, I know your work? Um, possibly. possibly? It, it might have been a tie. Okay. Oh, yeah. nice. <laughs> Nice, and so there was a mutual meeting of the minds. 
Yes. You can call it that. Yes, you could call it that. All right, weird. Um, <laughs> judge so, me. <laughs> I don't judge. Oh, I don't judge anything. I think that is fantastic. Adrian is the inspiration for this game because you designed the cover for Yolo Tango's Murdering the Classics, right. that album. Was that a fun collaboration? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They're clapping for the artwork. Yeah, thank you. I know, this is the radio. It's interesting to talk about artwork on radio, but right. they are clapping for the artwork. Oh, thank you. And then they are also clapping for what is actually on the album. No, no, the, the, <laughs> album, the album's really pretty unlistenable, but the, the artwork's fantastic. So this game is dedicated to classic album covers. What we are going to try to do is to make art radio friendly by describing famous illustrated album covers and we will describe them to you and you have to ring in and just name the album and if you need a hint we will also give you the artist if you're struggling you will be competing against each other okay all right, all right. so here you go i'm going to try to describe this uh this is um most of it's crotch uh it's a pair of jeans that you see with um, James. Sticky fingers? Yes. Wow. Nice. With a zipper that opened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was exciting. Okay. Okay. I'm <laughs> ready. Very good. All right. Okay. Here is one. Uh, there are a bunch of cartoons on the cover of this album. <laughs> there is a circular cartoon in the center. Uh, the, whoa. Wow. Yeah. Cheap Thrills. Adrian. Yes, that's right. Cheap Thrills. How'd you do that? He described it well. Yeah, that's right? True. It was good A bunch of cartoons, I said. Yeah, and he was like, oh, yeah, great. I know that one. That's great. All right, on the front cover of this, there's a very pretty girl, kind of looks like me. Um, I would say it's an Art Deco style. Uh, she has uh, long icicle earrings, black hair. Adrian. Rio? Yeah, Rio. <laughs> Duran, Duran. Were you a fan of uh, the Duran Duran? No, I, I was actually embarrassed as soon as I rang in. No. So quickly, uh, <laughs> Never give away your love yeah. for Duran Duran. That's yeah. rule number one. <laughs> okay, there is a red sky. There is a graveyard. There's a very muscular gentleman on a motorcycle. There's some kind of demon, winged demon, chasing him. He's rocketing up from the, yeah, thank God. James, yes. Bat out of hell. Bat out of hell, that's right. Boom. That's worse than Rio, I think. (laughs) No, no, no. A different era of Rio and bat out of hell. It's all relative to Okay, we didn't think you'd be that good at that, but uh, that was incredible. Puzzle Guru Archung, how did our VIPs do? It was actually a tie, so... What? We have a tiebreaker. Tiebreaker. Uh-oh. <sighs> Hands on your buzzers. Cartoonist Daniel Close, who drew the cover for the 2002 EP Merry Christmas from Yola Tengo, is best known for what 1997 graphic novel? Adrian. Ghost World. That's right. <laughs> Congratulations. You guys are so good. You both win Ask Me Another Rubik's Cubes. I just want to let you know that. 
<laughs> Thank you so much, James McNew, and our VIP, Adrian Tomina. Very good. Coming up, we'll sing all about the great things you can find in a bottle, and we'll take a trip to the most literal mall in the world. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. This podcast and the following message are made possible by Weebly. You don't have to be a web designer or no code to create a fantastic website with Weebly, created for people with the courage to start their own business and the dream of being their own boss. Choose from professionally designed, mobile-friendly themes, then simply drag and drop to quickly build and publish your site. And you can update your site on any device. Get started for free at weebly.com ask. That's W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com slash ask. And let's take a moment to thank and share a message from our sponsor, Plated. Plated helps you create exciting new dinners at home every week, regardless of cooking experience. First, choose from recipes designed to fit a wide range of tastes and preferences. Next, you'll get step-by-step recipe cards in a hand-packed, insulated box, with fresh produce and antibiotic-free meats delivered straight to your door. And the ingredients are pre-portioned, so no food goes to waste. Just go to plated.com ask for terms and details and to get a free dinner for two with your first delivery. Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and with me is our house musician, Jonathan Colton, and our puzzle guru, Art Chung. Let's welcome our next two contestants, Ben Mosher and Isabella Batts. <laughs> ben, Isabella, hi. Hey. Hi. Good to have you here. <laughs> if you could put a message in a bottle, any message, perhaps to the future you, what would you put, Ben? I would probably like write something in the voice of a pirate or like draw a treasure map and some little boy or girl will find it and probably be really excited and happy about it. And what would it lead to, Ben? I don't know. A, a quest. I mean, it's not exactly what you get at the end of it. It's the going on the oh, quest. There was, oh, it's, <laughs> I'll remember that at the end of this game, Ben. So it's, it's a lesson more than a treasure. I like the idea of teaching someone disappointment. (laughs) Isabella, what do you think? Yeah, as a little kid, I always wanted to find a message in a bottle, and I never did. Yeah. Um, And now as an adult, I know that if you just throw a message in a bottle, you know, from the beach at Coney Island or something, it's not going to go actually that far. It's probably just going to come back to the same place. Possibly. Um, but I would also, I guess, choose to mislead a child um, by writing like an old-timey letter from a faraway land and hoping that some kid finds it and starts inventing a mystery in their head. Would you pull out the old calligraphy pen? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a good idea, right? Nice touch. Th- thanks. <laughs> I'll work t- we're we're going to work on this one yeah. weekend together. <laughs> so this game is called This in a Bottle. And I assume that means Jonathan is about to 
destroy a beautiful ballad. I'm going to sing Time in a Bottle by Jim Croce with clues about stuff you find in bottles <laughs> other than time. <laughs> and you will have to tell me what I'm singing about. So there are at least five other things besides time that can be found in bottles. And they're in the song. Are you ready? Sure. 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 Yeah, why not? <laughs> if I could save this in a bottle, the first thing that I'd like to do is mix it with vodka and pour in a highball with ice, a screwdriver for you. Ben. Uh, orange juice? Orange juice, yeah. A mug is also acceptable as a, something you could pour it in. You could, sure, you could put a screwdriver in a mug. Yeah, sure. that's fine. Or just pour it in the carton of orange juice. You can make it right in your mouth if you want. <laughs> <laughs> and then your face gets all screwed up, right? Yeah, ah, that's, right. that's why it's called that. <laughs> if I want my scalp to be freshened and have my hair smelling so sweet I'd start with a lather and then I would rinse it and then I would surely repeat Ben? Uh, conditioner or shampoo? Shampoo is correct. That's what we were looking for, yes. Well, there never seems to be enough time Planned the perfect homicide, but I found it. <laughs> it disinfects and takes out stains. It made a decent poison when he downed it. Ben? Uh, bleach. Bleach is correct. Very quick to answer, Ben. Sort of like a confession wrapped in that game. <laughs> There is never enough time to plan the perfect homicide. I'm glad you uh, I, pointed I that out. I keep meaning to get to, but I just always run out of time There's to do it. There's emails and Twitter. Oh. Right, it's true. If I spent less time on social media, I could probably have more time for murdering people. <laughs> oh, well. Think about it. I will. If I had to choose my true favorite Of all in the condiment queue I'd pick this tomato-based jam of viscosity, yes, I put it on hot dogs, too. Isabella? Ketchup. Ketchup is mm. correct. <laughs> well, like Hemingway, Lautrec, and Van Gogh, I'm gonna drink the spirit called Green Fairy. Will it make me hallucinate? Cause many countries banned it, they were wary. Ben? Uh, absinthe. Absinthe, you got it. <laughs> if I had the time for a hobby, I'd grab tweezers, wood, and some glue. And build a wee clipper, a sloop or a schooner, insert, add a cork, then I'm through. 
Ben. Uh, a ship. A ship, yes. Ship in a bottle. Well, I never seem to have enough luck, so letting out this magic dude is auspicious. Been around enough to know To use my last wish Wishing for more wishes <laughs> Isabella A genie A genie, you got it I like how we just pretended that was a real thing Hey, here's how you deal with a genie, everybody <laughs> Just for your next genie or plumber encounter <laughs> Puzzle Guru Chung, how did our contestants do? It was the Battle of the Buzzers, and Ben, congratulations, you're moving on to the final round. Our next contestants are Chris Caligiro and Katie Chu. Did both of you hang out in malls as kids or teenagers? Chris? Uh, I didn't really hang out in malls. I lived in like a, a really small town. We used to just drive around and uh, <laughs> right? just do stuff. Yeah. Uh, like one time we actually we went to Dunkin' Donuts after they closed. They throw away all the donuts. So we just grabbed them all out of the dumpster from the garbage bag and brought them home. That's the kind of stuff we used to do where I grew up. <laughs> and then you ate those donuts? Yeah, dumpster we, donuts? we each ate like two and then we're like, oh, what are we going to do with all these donuts? <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, my friend had to throw them away, but like in our town, it was like a limit on like how much you could put in the garbage can. You had to put like a 15-pound sticker, so it took him like three weeks to throw out all the donuts. They just slowly ration out yeah. the donut garbage. Yeah, his dad had to like hump donuts out to the out to the curb <laughs> for like three weeks. It's like you guys are living in some sort of donut prison. You have to put one in your pocket and walk out somewhere and discard yeah, yeah. it slowly. Yeah, we, we set some on fire, you know. You know. <laughs> How about you, Kate? Did you have a, a Dunkin' Donuts dumpster story, or were you just hanging out I at a mall? I pretty much regret all of my decisions in malls now. <laughs> um, I spend all my time in Limited 2 and Claire's. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so really cheap jewelry instead all yep. over my car, I guess. But to be fair, all the stuff that you bought at Limited and whatever is now in the dumpster. In the dumpster, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Everything there. ends it's up in the same well. place. Yeah. Yeah. After yeah. about a week yeah. and a half, it was all gone. Yeah. This game is called A Store by Any Other Name. We are going to head to the mall. Not the dumpster, I'm sorry! Uh, but with nothing more than a debit card and a thesaurus, so we are going to read you clues in which the name of a popular retailer has been replaced with a synonym for the real store name. Let's go to our puzzle guru, Art Chung, for an example. I'm running short on 1969 logo sweaters and khakis. Guess I'll go to that cavernous chasm. That would be The Gap. See? Yeah, cool, right? Yeah. yeah. And the winner will move on to our final round at the end of the show. Here we go. I hear the new Air Jordans are out. We got to get to that hoof cabinet. Chris. Uh, Foot Locker. Exactly. I would be going to Lady Hoof Cabinet, by the way. (laughs) The most unappealing store name I've ever heard. Lady Hoof Cabinet. (laughs) Sounds amazing. It's where all the ladies shop. Ahoy, tis time to buy some inexpensive jeans and tees. For this purpose, I shall visit Geriatric Armada. (laughs) Katie. Old Navy. Exactly. (laughs) My goal is to pick up some toothpaste, laundry detergent, underwear, and nail polish. I'll just aim for that bullseye. 
Chris. Target. Exactly. <laughs> Quick tip, never wear a red shirt and then go shop at Target. <laughs> I need a new mobile device. I better get to Dash quickly. Chris. Uh, sprint. Yes. Oh, boy. I know. <laughs> that was on the fly. Yep. <laughs> but you made it happen. You made it happen. Hey, look, it's another 20% off coupon for a piece of furniture to sleep on, a large container to fill with water, and something further ahead. Chris. Bed, Bath & Beyond? Yes. <laughs> And this is your last clue. You'll find dudes catching football games on all those flat screen TVs over at Most Excellent Exchange of Money for Goods. Katie. Best Buy. Best Buy, yeah. It's a way better name. Way yeah. better name. They should have Please. gone with that one. Puzzle Guru Archung, how did our contestants do? Well, Chris doesn't need to go to the mall anymore. Congratulations, you're our winner. Now we're going to crown this week's grand champion. Let's bring back Tony, Justin, Jennifer, Ben, and Chris to play our Ask Me One More final round. Our puzzle guru, Archung, will lead this final round called Who's the Boss? In Tony Danza's classic sitcom, Who's the Boss? It wasn't always clear whether Tony or Angela was in charge. But in this round, I'll give you some fictional employees, and you have to tell me the boss best associated with those characters. So if I said Homer Simpson, the answer would be Montgomery Burns. We're playing the spelling bee style, so one wrong answer and you're out. You only have a few seconds to give me that answer, and the last person standing is our Ask Me Another grand winner. For your prize, you'll receive a pack of Yola Tango albums from Matador Records and a complete autographed collection of Adrian Tomine's books, including his latest, Killing and Dying. So, great prize. Here we go. Tony, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Santa? Yep, Santa's his boss. Good job. Justin, Communications Officer Uhura and Science Officer Spock. Captain James T. Kirk. That's right. <laughs> Jennifer, Sir Lancelot. King Arthur. You got it. Ben, the Oompa Loompas. Uh, Willy Wonka. Mm-hmm. That's right. And Chris, C.J. Craig. President Bartlett. That's right, from the West Wing. Back to Tony. James Bond. Uh, Q. No, I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Justin? M. M is the right letter. Sorry, thank you, Tony. Jennifer, Liz Lemon. Jack Donaghy. That's right. Ben, Mr. Carson and Mr. Bates. I don't know. <laughs> All right, step aside. Chris? Uh, I don't know. I don't, you don't know. know. All right, no. step aside. Let's see if Justin knows. The Earl of Grantham. <laughs> That's right, Lord Grantham. Chris and Ben, you're out. We're quickly down to two players. 
Jennifer and Justin. I can't, I can't decide if that or James T. Kirk was nerdier. I don't know which. <laughs> On the fence. The cadence was perfect. Because <laughs> yeah. I had a little like, I know this, and shame on you for not knowing it. <laughs> All right, Jennifer. Carla Tortelli and Diane Chambers. Sam Malone. You got it. <laughs> Justin. Shakespeare's Iago. Othello? That's right. I'm really glad you got that one, Justin, because Jennifer, Disney's Iago. (laughs) Oh my God. I can see him. I'm going to have to call three seconds. All right, Justin, if you know the answer, you'll be our grand prize winner. Mickey Mouse? (laughs) That was close. The answer was Jafar from Aladdin. So, Jennifer, you're still in the game. Jennifer, Christopher Moltisanti and Silvio Dante. These characters ring a bell. You're giving me a look. No, I'm sorry. All right, Justin, if you know the answer, you're a winner. Tony Soprano. That's right. Congratulations, Justin. You are a big Ask Me Another winner. Thank you very much. And an amazing prize you get. Tons of swag from Adrian Tomina and Yola Tango. And that is our show. Thank you so much for playing. You can check out our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, and you can find us on Facebook or Twitter. Just look around for NPR Ask Me Another. Come see us live or apply to be a contestant. Go to amatickets.org. Ask Me Another's Puzzle Guru is Art Chung. Hey, my name anagrams to Narc Thug. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Val Jolta Cannon. Additional puzzle writing by Travis Larchuk, Natasha Lake, David Levinson-Wilk, and senior writer Karen Lurie. Ask Me Another's produced by Denny Shin, Lena Bazitzis, Mike Katzif, Annabelle Bacon, and our intern Julia Melfi, along with Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Kirsten Muller, and David Hurtgen. Our executive producer is Jesse Baker. Ask Me Another was created by Eric Newsom. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, the Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Thanks again for listening to Ask Me Another. And just a reminder, if you want car advice, tips, troubleshooting, and answers to car questions in between laughing, check out the Car Talk podcast with Click and Clack, the Tappet Brothers. Laugh along with them anytime. The Car Talk podcast, you can find it now at npr.org slash podcasts and on your NPR One app. Next time on Ask Me Another, Tony Award-winning actress Sutton Foster helps us butcher one of her signature songs. They're frat boy dudes who like to party. Their love team of sports is hardy. Come before hoes. <laughs> Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, on NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. <laughs> <laughs>